This is the Journey 66 Book Writing Podcast. I'm Melissa Parks with Dave Getz, and we are your road trip advisors. You may be at mile marker one and just thinking about an idea for a book, or maybe you've gone off-road in your writing and you want to restart the journey. Join Dave and me as we help you buckle up and write. It might feel like the only way you'll ever complete a book is to get away for a weekend or a week or maybe even a month to a designated writer's retreat. The promises made by the marketing of the retreat are usually big. You'll make significant headway on your manuscript, get honest feedback on whether your manuscript has legs, or get connected to an agent or a publisher. The promises are many, but are they always fulfilled? Is it worth forking over thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars? In today's episode, we grapple with the five questions you need to ask and answer before you sign up for a writer's retreat. So Dave, before we grapple with those five questions, tell me a little bit about when you do your best thinking. Is it on the river fly fishing? I know you were just up in Montana. I was in Montana. A friend and I do uh, a regular trip to Montana every year. Sometimes it's in the spring, sometimes in it, it's in the fall. In the last probably eight or 10 years, it's, it's been in the fall. Just came back from it. I don't do any writing when I'm in Montana, but I do a lot of thinking. The thing about fly fishing is that you can't think about something else. It's not like golf where you're, you're on, on the course, mm-hmm. and as you're walking, you're thinking about this, but then you're talking to somebody it's just a totally completely different experience when you are fly fishing there literally is nothing you can think about when you think about the phrase a river runs through it you remember that movie with brad pitt Uh, really a river runs through your mind and it clears everything so what was the one big idea that you had honestly yeah i think it was (laughs) this wasn't a writing idea i think it was that the podcast that I've been doing with my friend, Steve, who I was on the trip with, we've been friends for 40 years, uh, that it's over. Yeah, wow. That was the big insight. Partly because we had reached about 10,000 subscribers and we decided to stop going every other every week. And then we went back doing an episode every week during the pandemic. But five years is a long time to do a podcast. During that week fly fishing because you're not just fly you're not just fly fishing right you're with your friend you're driving i realized he mentally is done with this and so i need to be mentally okay with that (laughs) so do you think we'll be mentally in this book writing podcast five years from now absolutely we'll be doing it for five years this will have a long life to it because everything we're doing is timely the question is will you want to be doing this with me in five years i'm in for it So you also went, well, you've got a lot of swirl going on in your life. You just took a, well, you took a vacation, but you also took a vintage trip to Ohio, was it? Yes, the extravaganza, the Ohio extravaganza. So talk about the Ohio extravaganza and the why behind it. The why, well, the extravaganza is an antique show that happens twice a year with over a thousand dealers and it is an extravaganza. It's a, it's a, a show 
of the biggest sort and it dazzles you and makes you want to buy everything if you're a vintage and antique enthusiast. So I have a vintage booth at a local multi-dealer shop in the Chicagoland area and it's been really difficult to find merchandise during COVID, during quarantine. Everything was shut down, people weren't having estate sales, no flea markets were happening and so it's been really hard to keep my, my shop or my booth stocked, which is great. A great problem to have during right. quarantine. Yeah. I'm actually selling out of merchandise. More Good. demand than supply. How? Yeah. So I went on a shopping trip and I filled up our big blue Dodge Ram pickup with a ton of stuff. Took my husband begrudgingly with me. <laughs> Jerry's a good dude. Yeah. I plied him with really good treats like kettle corn and chocolate and pasta. So it was a fun trip. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Did your son go with you or just you and Jerry? Just just my husband and I went. My son Davis has gracefully or not so gracefully bowed out of my antiquing adventures. <laughs> so is he sophomore or junior at Northwestern? He's a sophomore He's and a he sophomore. is doing his class from home. Your son is a sophomore also. Yep. He's a sophomore as well. But he's at the, the college. He's, he's at he's at a small uh, liberal arts school in middle of Indiana and he's doing it as well. So this is a, a different time and I think it's a really good time to talk about retreats because I think the fall is kind of a time where people like to restart projects that they've been thinking about. And, and sometimes when you think about a retreat, you think, okay, if I do a retreat, it'll jumpstart me on my book journey. Right. Absolutely. And retreats may look a little bit differently right now during this time of COVID, but they're happening, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure they are. Yeah, for sure. And identifying which one is best for you and if a retreat is even for you is something that you as an author will probably need to grapple with. So let's just start by talking about the different types of retreats that are out there, Dave. Retreats range from a half day or a full day at a local nunnery or some sort of monastic retreat I remember there was and is not anymore a retreat here just in the Wheaton area and I think it was I think it was a nunnery I think it was like a monastic place for nuns hmm. but you could you could buy a half day or a day there and also eat in their dining room and it was a spare bedroom you get a room and there's a desk in there with also a bed I think I I think I did it once. I think I ended up sleeping more than I did writing. Right. That's usually what happens, especially if there isn't programming around the writing that's right. retreat. And that's certainly one kind of retreat. It's in a sense a solitary retreat. There's no programming and and it's you and, and, and your Mac, right? Your computer. That's it. And what's the value of that, that silence? I think the value is the chance to think think in ways that you haven't thought about yet about your book. Sometimes when you do that, you get away, it's just you and your computer, and and it's such a spare setting, meaning there's just is not a lot out there. You're forced to sit down, and there's something really wonderful about that. I think it moves you in different ways, and you'll start to think differently. New ideas come to you in many ways. Eh, I don't know if it's the same as fly fishing, but you can be on the river and on the way back is not while you're fly fishing, but as you're hiking back, sometimes something will hit you and you go, oh, that's what I needed to fix that chapter. 
right. or to make the transition or I, okay, now I know what the book thesis is. Right, right. So what happens if you end up sleeping most of the retreat rather than writing? I think that's legitimate. I think you should just say, hey, that's what I needed. And <laughs> 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 we'll get into, we're going to talk about getting really clear on why you're doing the retreat a little bit later in this episode. Right. But sometimes yeah, that's what you need. Right, right. So right. what are you going to do? <laughs> so you have those solitary retreats where you go and find a place where you can isolate and do your own thing but then there are other type of retreats that you you pay for in a group setting and they vary in lengths of time from maybe a weekend or a week or a month can you talk a little bit more about those yes there is one in michigan and i think it's in grand rapids and it's either faith and writing or something like that so it's more spirituality and you go to that one and you get information well you hear speakers i know ann lamott has right, spoken right. there and so you'll get a speaker or two. Uh, it's very much a networking time. If you've never been there, you make new friends. If you've been there, you see old friends. I, I don't know if there are uh, publishers there. I don't think so, but that's actually a good question. I've never been to that one. But uh, I do know there's workshops. It's a combination of you learn you network and you get feedback right and that's more like a conference than it is a more limited number retreat absolutely that's true yeah yes that's exactly right so there are retreats then with limited numbers like say 20 it's more like a cohort right where you pay high dollars to go have this weekend getaway there are these boutique retreats that accept six people or 10 people or 20 people. I know there's one in Kalispell. Uh, it's done, Kalispell, Montana. It's done by a woman who is a writer. And so she invites writers to her beautiful uh, campus, I guess you would call it, place, and, and, and you pay money for that. And, and that's one kind. And those can range anywhere from 1000 to $10,000 for that time and you get full meals and again it just depends on what what they're offering so there are retreats for almost every kind of person almost every kind of budget and and you get different things from each of these retreats and I'd like to mention also that there's a difference between a nonfiction retreat and say a fiction creative writing retreat those will probably be different in kind and some of them even are like residencies where you stay for a full year in this this beautiful location and so you, there are different kinds today we're talking primarily about nonfiction retreats let's start with the first question authors should answer before they sign up for a writer's retreat and the first is what exactly is the promise or purpose of the retreat I'm looking at signing up for they're gonna vary you know some are going to say we're gonna give you a cohort for feedback some are gonna say we're gonna connect you with a literary agent or a publisher some are going to say we're just gonna provide you a beautiful location where you can focus on your writing there are a variety of promises for these different types of retreats can you think of any others Dave I remember I remember someone talking about uh, telling me that they went to a specific retreat because the promise of the retreat was that they were going to be connected to an agent. Right, right. And and I think there are times when people want these retreats as well just to find camaraderie. So if we were going to list 
all these. One is to make progress. Maybe the second is to get feedback. The third is to network to find an agent or a publisher. The fourth is to find camaraderie in the journey. I think you mentioned feedback. Maybe that's a fifth one. Right. And maybe even a sixth one is just to create ideas for the book. Maybe they're at the very, very beginning. Yeah, I had a friend who went to a retreat. It was more of a conference, and she had some one-on-one -on -one time with an editor from a publishing company. And she was just at the very, very beginning of thinking through a book, and it was really just her talking with a publisher or an editor, excuse me, about her idea to see if there were any legs to her idea. And she well, still hasn't done anything with the idea. Well, so, I was going to ask you, what, what did she discover in that? Do you remember? I remember her coming away feeling like she had hope for her project, but I don't think that there were any concrete next steps for her to take. Huh. So she got stuck. Yeah. Which kind of goes into the, the next question is, does the retreat I'm looking at match my objectives? That is, if the primary promise of a retreat is to connect you with an agent, but you're still working out the thesis, then you may want to look for a different retreat. You've got to figure out where you're at in the book writing journey and make sure that that retreat is going to actually fit where you're at. I would just add to that that you need to know what your purpose is because a lot of these retreats, if you look at what they're selling, it's all over the map and they're going to list three things you're going to get from this retreat. So you really need to know what are my expectations for this re retreat. When I come away from this retreat, will I get this one thing? And maybe that one thing is a thesis statement. Maybe it's a thesis statement. Maybe it's the first chapter of your book. Maybe it's ideas for next chapters in your book. <laughs> or maybe it is to network to find an agent or a publisher. Well, that means that's a specific kind of retreat. You're going to be doing less circle review with your peers. That's correct. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Have you found that kind of circle review with your peers? Have you found that helpful in writing? Never. Because I've never found that helpful either. Because people are too afraid to offend people. My husband, he's not afraid of offending anyone. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people who are writing, they're very sensitive themselves. And so the idea of making other people feel bad about their writing is very difficult. They don't want to make other people feel bad. Or they simply don't have the tools to make judgments on whether or not this is editorially sound. I remember talking to a writer who went to a retreat and she was going for a different reason than this, but she went to the retreat and got validation. Right. Like, I can do this. And that's legit. Sometimes you go for one reason and you, you come away with something else. But feedback, I don't know, I just think that you have the blind leading the blind, right? right? You need a good developmental editor to give you feedback. Right, right. And that's really the third question is, do you want honest feedback? Ooh, that's and hard. Ooh. do you really want honest feedback? Meaning you may say you want honest feedback, but do you really want it? <laughs> and what are you going to do when you, when you receive it? How are you going to take that to the next step? I, I would not want peer review, personally. I would want someone with expertise, a developmental editor giving me feedback. That's how I roll. I, I don't need to sit in a, in a circle with five other people, read my, my, my little piece, and, and have someone go, oh, Dave, that, man, that just touched me. Or someone go, you know, Dave, 
that didn't make sense to me at all. Right. Because right. that how helpful is that? That's not helpful. Now that could just be me. How are how are you on this? I I I'm with you on that. I think unless they are able to provide like two to three actual ideas for how you could improve or to yes. draw to draw you out and say what were you thinking here say it's a part where they were confused and you weren't absolutely clear and unless they can say can you tell me what you were really thinking there and then maybe even to follow up by saying hey that's interesting to me can you elaborate on that some more so they're actually helping you refine your thinking rather than just saying that doesn't make sense yeah that's good that's really good on the contrary if you say you want honest feedback and you're given honest feedback you really need to buckle up and listen to it it's one thing to go to these retreats and even get valuable advice but then you have to take it and then do something with it and that really leads to what's after the retreat. If you don't have a plan for what's next, if you're not gonna work on the book and take away something that you grasped onto during the retreat and do something with it, then why are you going to the retreat? Are you just gonna let the manuscript sit in the, the corner for two years and then nothing's fresh anymore? What, what are you get, how are you going to build on this retreat experience? I have to say that I do have a bias against writer's retreats. I should just give this right out simply because uh, I have a bias for the wrong, going to the retreat for the wrong reasons. I just don't think that writer's retreats help you make progress in the sense of you go with, let's say, 100 pages done and you come back with 150 pages written. Now, there's different ways to make progress. One is thinking about the book. That's certainly valuable. That, that's a different, right, that's right. where you come back and go, oh, that's not the book I want to write. This is the book. That's right. usually valuable. Right. But you're absolutely right. Unless you come away with that from that retreat and do something different the next time you sit down to write, it is a kind of a waste of money. We worked with an author recently who went to a writer's retreat and she came away motivated to write an outline for her book and to then pitch a book proposal to the person at the retreat who was going to connect her with an agent to help her find a That's publisher. Correct. And so she had this outline. It was probably about, I think it was probably about 15 chapters. And she had it for about a year and a half or two years. And it she just felt stuck. And we started to work with her a little bit. And the problem was that that outline really didn't work, but she felt trapped into this outline that she had created based on that retreat experience. Yes. So with retreats, the danger is that maybe you think that what happened at the retreat is what is final, when in fact your thinking may evolve when you get back, and Oof. that may not be what you end up with. That's really good. So what I hear you saying is sometimes the retreat is not the end all where you, you find, you discover something that really moves you forward. It moves you forward, but not, but to some different place. Right, or you may have to redo what you did at the retreat because you change as the time goes on and you realize, ooh, that doesn't really work. Wow, that's great. That's great. I, I think the goal in this whole thing is, at the end of the day, you and I want writers to make progress. Absolutely. Uh, we've said for so long that this is a journey 
And we just did that interview with, uh, who was Sean? Sean Shearer. Yeah, uh, for, uh, his book, Cabinet and, and Camera. It took him 10 years. And he was rejected. And like most people that try to publish with a traditional publisher, you get rejected. And, and so these writer's retreats can help you. They tend, you can create milestones, and, but you just need to make sure that if you're going to invest the money in a writer's retreat and the time, when you think about it, if you have kids or uh, what, you know, whatever you need to make space in your life for that retreat, you want it to have some value. Absolutely. And move you forward. I guess the, the hope is that it moves you forward. Okay, one final, final question regarding writer's retreats, and it has to do with motive. Why are you really wanting to go on a retreat? Is it really to make progress on some aspect of the book? Or are you just trying to get away from your family for the weekend? Right, I mean, maybe you should be going on a fly fishing trip. Right, or an antiquing trip. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of yeah, right? trips. Right, <laughs> spend that money on a nice new primitive cabinet if you just want to get away, right? I mean, there's, you can take that money if you just want to get away and go someplace really nice. But if you're not going to do anything with the retreat, we've said this already, then why go in the first place? The one where it's muddy is if you're going to network. Oh, good point. That's a muddy because sometimes you go, you don't know what you're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And, and it could be productive. It depends on if you're able to reach out to people and if if you're able to talk to someone in the seminar next to you, ask good questions. Uh, right. It might be that in-between stuff that is most valuable and not the workshops or not the roundtable discussions or whatever. It could be the, just the passing conversations that you have or around the dinner table that could be most valuable. We mentioned earlier there was that woman who went to a conference. Actually, it was a retreat, not a conference. It was a retreat, and she got validated. Hmm. Like, I can do that. I do think that's a legitimate function or outcome of a retreat. I just don't know that you, when you say, you don't even know that you need that sometimes. Right, right. You don't know that you need the validation, and sometimes that's exactly what you need to move forward. You need to know why you're going right. and, and what you're trying to make progress on. Is it networking? Is it agent? Is it publisher? Is it actual more words on the written page? Right. I mean, ultimately, that book is not going to write itself. Absolutely. And so, Dave, what are some alternatives that you can think of to a writer's retreat if people are looking to make substantial movement in the book writing progress, to move through a roadblock, to, to just get going on their journey? The biggest thing, and this is not going to sound very deep, to write regularly. And we talk about setting aside 90-minute segments. If you can do one... 90 minutes segment, then do it. Right. And when you start adding up these 90 minute segments, next thing you know, you've got a chapter done. Right. Can you do two a week? I think the fallacy of writing retreats is that people think that they can, will get more out of them than they do. Like some people I think think that they're going to go and write like five chapters at a writer's retreat right. over a weekend or a week, whatever. That's right. that's and that's right. just impossible to do because you can't do that much thinking in that short of a period, which is why you need those 90 minute segments. And if you can't write 90 minutes a few times a week, then maybe you're not really ready to write a book. I, I think that's true. I, I think that's true. It's interesting. I'll use an analogy from my brother. My brother is a researcher, breast cancer researcher and doctor at a major uh, institution. And he just went through two months of putting together this grant, 
proposal. So he heads up all of the research, breast cancer research, at Mayo Clinic. It's at Mayo Clinic. And, and so they put together these grants that they submit to the NIH. Now, in recent years, the number of grants that have been granted, the number is fewer and fewer and fewer, right? There's just less money rather than more. There's a lot at stake. He's been very fortunate in his career, so he's landed already a couple of these huge grants. And they also say that money attracts money. So if you get this grant, then you can go out and raise other money for research. Well, he runs a lab, so if he doesn't get research money, that lab shuts down. Employees lose their jobs. So he's under a tremendous amount of pressure to, to write. And so we were talking about chunks of time. I said, so so why, why are you like up against the deadline? The deadline was actually, I think, Monday of this week. And why did you wait so long? He said, Dave, he said, I just, I didn't have chunks of time. Now for him, I said, so I asked him, so what, what kind of time do you need? I need four hours. Hmm. Now it's going to be different for different people. But uh, we often say, and I didn't get this myself. I didn't say this myself, but, uh, or come up with it myself. But writing, writing a book is a series of short sprints. Mm -hmm. It's not a marathon. And so these 90-minute segments are 100-yard dashes. If you can put together 30 or 40 100-yard dashes, the next thing you know, you've come a long ways. And oftentimes it's just the step of going and sitting at your computer. That's the biggest and hardest step. And it opening is. up a document. And once you start one sentence, suddenly you've made some progress. That's right. That's right. And it doesn't feel as scary to continue forward or overwhelming, like you can't do this. A memory I have at graduate school, I remember telling a professor that I admired that I wanted to write and, and do more writing. And he simply looked back at me and said, okay, well then go write. He said, writers write and non-writers don't write. <laughs> I went, whoo, <laughs> there, <is some laughs> there is something really powerful about that. Right, right. So sit down today and write and write take 90 minutes and right. lay down new stuff not edit old stuff but lay down new sentences oh man that's a whole other podcast that's about an entire another editing podcast. your first statement for 30 minutes an hour right people get so stuck on revising as they write that they don't make any progress we'll we'll tackle that another well, time i was just talking with a writer the other day uh, that that was that said well uh, I, I, I wrote a lot, but I spent the last two 90-minute segments editing my last last 90-minute segment. So he spent two 90-minute chunks editing the one 90-minute chunk that he actually wrote new content. Well, the problem with that is you don't make a lot of progress. You won't make progress, you yeah. You won't make progress. So, yeah, let's talk about that at another, another episode. Another time. Yeah. This is about the writer's retreat. So thumbs up or thumbs down or thumbs sideways with writer's retreats. Ooh. <laughs> okay, so I'll give you mine, and then you have to give me yours. Okay. okay. I'm going to say a thumbs down on writer's retreat. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it a sideways because I really think if you have your purposes clear and they match the promise of the retreat, you can actually make some headway. But I really think you have to answer these five questions honestly. I do. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay, so I'm going to move my position. To sideways. To sideways. <laughs> How's I, that for non-committal? Come on, Dave. You're a <laughs> black and white thinker. Yeah. You're a realist. You stoke the you stoke the flame. <laughs> I just want our listeners to write. That's all I want. Right. And yeah. so a writer's retreat 
can do some things for you, but it can't write your book for you. Right. That's going to be the long haul. Yeah. Or lots of sprints. Or lots of sprints. Yeah. That's right. Short sprints. Short sprints. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Journey 66 Book Writing Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Melissa. And I'm Dave. Now buckle up and write. Mm-hmm.